Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to So Many Shows podcast for the Blacklist. I am Jay from So Many Shows, So Many Shows.com. I'm here with my boy, Pete. What's up, brother? How are you, man? That's Pete from So Many Shows, So Many Shows.com. What's going on, Jay? Hey, man. Ready to talk about the Blacklist. You know, our, our listeners don't know this, but we did this all backwards, didn't we, man? It's ridiculous. Yes, we did. <laughs> we're we're a day late on this podcast because we watched the wrong episode. <laughs> we're ahead of ourselves, but we've corrected it. We've watched the informant, and we're ready to talk about the informant. Oh, geez, there's a little stress there getting that out, but hey, we're ready to go. So, uh, initial thoughts. What were your initial thoughts on the episode? Uh, um, it's, it's, it's going, it's bad in 500 right now. It's, it's eight and eight. If it's a football team, it's eight and eight. It's, it's 50, 50, good and bad. Every episode. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. You know, it's funny with this episode. My first thought was, um, what there's zombies in the blacklist. What, what is going on here? You know, people in the club with their red eyes and falling over dead. And then we find out it's, you know, some nerve gas or whatever. But, like, how did zombies get into the blacklist? The Walking Dead meets Raymond Reddington. What the hell is going on here? Anyway, an interesting episode because it, um, and again, we try not to do a huge recap because we talk about different parts of the show. And you've seen it already if you're listening. So if you haven't seen it, you probably shouldn't listen because, hello, that's a spoiler alert. So the informant, this really, for me, more than um, an Elizabeth Keene episode, this was a pretty big uh, Donald Wrestler episode. Would you agree? Or I looking too much at the man? Okay. Absolutely, I agree. I've been waiting for an episode with Wrestler and a resolution yeah. with a situation, and I'm happy to have at least one for now. Yeah, very, um, uh, very interesting in the fact that uh, you know. Everyone knows Prescott has been blackmailing him and using him, and it's been in the back of wrestlers' mind this whole time. And now we kind of see it come to fruition. And, geez, Louise, in just the biggest way with so many kind of players involved, um, you know, we've got congressmen and judges and uh, murder. and, And all of a sudden, wrestlers stuck in the middle of the whole darn thing because Prescott has his hands in everything. And it kills me because his real name is Mitchell. What? Come on, Mitchell. What a chump. Anyway, long story short, I think wrestler in the end gets what he wants, sort of, because Prescott is taken care of by the one, the only, the best, Raymond Reddington. Are you surprised that Reddington knew all along about this and stepped in to do something for wrestler? No, because we had spoke about this on a previous podcast, and I'm pretty sure I called it, and you agreed with agreed with me. You did that. You did that. That Red knows everything that involves any one of his guys because that's how you know meticulous he is with his records. So he knows that Prescott was involved and knows his list of clients and has all these back channels and knows what's going on. And what I learned most importantly is that Red has a soft spot for wrestler. Yeah, but is it really a soft spot because he's a good guy or 
respected or Keen's friend or coworker, or is it because now he might be able to use wrestler at some point in the near future? You know, Red know. doesn't do anything without a reason. But we saw during the episode, throughout the episode, he kept um, bringing up, Red himself kept bringing up to wrestler how he was glad that wrestler didn't turn that page and go on to the dark side and how he always kept his moral compass. And even in this bad situation, he still kept his head on properly. And it seemed like Red respected that, that Red could never do that. And I think Red admires that kind of, and that's why he was willing to help him. Because it's one of those things where I don't think Red even needs a favor from wrestler. I think it's more like, I, you know, when you know, somebody yeah. needs, when you know somebody who never needs a favor ever, and then you have a chance to do something for them. You know, you kind of, you know, and Red needs that good karma anyway. So he needs to do as many good favors for as many good people as he can. And he saw an opportunity and he jumped. And I don't think he expects anything in return. Huh. Uh, that's that's um, awful positive thinking when it comes to Raymond Reddington. I'm uh, I'm, I'm a little shocked, man. You're not usually that, uh, that nice when it comes to Mr. Reddington. But, hey, I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it. Let's switch gears for a second and let's talk about Elizabeth Keene, because um, we've had to talk a lot about Elizabeth Keene lately, um, just with everything that's going on and um, the good, the bad, the indifferent about her. But in this episode, let me tell you what I saw and liked and wondered about, and then you can you can tell me, um, you know, what you think. If I'm, if I'm the, on the right page, if I'm off a little bit, whatever. So two main scenes that stuck out for me with Elizabeth. Um, number one was when she uh, went to go talk to the guys on the corner um, that were part of the, the Nash crew. And she handcuffed the kid to the, to the car and drove him down the street, whatever, to get information from him. So that scene, I liked it. This is that tough, this, almost out of bounds, Elizabeth Keene, doing whatever it takes to get what she wants. Love it, like it, keep going, Elizabeth Keene. Now, switch to a totally different scene there at the end where she's in Navarro's house, and she's, I think she's in control somewhat, and she's interrogating him, and um, she's trying to get the information, but she, I don't know if it's that, that naive part of her that maybe, or maybe it's the rookie part of her and that she's not quite a Raymond Reddington yet. Um, she lets him take advantage of the situation and attack her, which she should have been prepared for and should have stopped. So in one hand, one scene impressed with what she's doing, like to see what she's doing. But then on the other hand, I'm like, Oh man, she's a rookie. What, what is she doing? You know, you can't, can't stand over the guy right in front of him when you've only tied his hands together. Like, come on, you gotta be smarter than that. So I'm a little 50, 50 on her on this episode and I'm, I'm not sure. Is she cut out to be this badass? What do you think? <laughs> oh, all right. So this is what I saw. All right. Cause you, I, me and you see eye to eye with a lot of these situations. <clears throat> I agree a thousand percent. It was all fun and games for her with the guy handcuffed when she was in control the whole time. But then at some point she got a little sloppy and shit got real. Right. And, and when it got real, she kind of panicked similar to the panic we saw in the, ep- the first episode of the, of the, um, when she was in the cabin and she had to, she had Correct. to figure out how to kill these four guys. So she was still panicking. 
And, I mean, it was a very big transition from Calm, Cool, Collective Liz to a scared little girl Liz who didn't know what to do. However, I'm going to bring this back to a previous point. I'm going to ask you a quick question in the follow-up. Do you think that Raymond Reddington, in the same situation, if he would have, you know, did the inter- kidnapped this guy, put, it, put it handcuffs on him, got so close in his face, and this guy started attacking Reddington and put him in the same choke, do you think Reddington could have got out of it and survived? Um, probably not because he's older, not quite as nimble, not, uh, as much in shape as, uh, Elizabeth Keene is. Um, however, he is a sneaky bastard, but, uh, Raymond, I would say 99 times out of a hundred doesn't go into a situation alone like that. He's got Dembe or somebody else there as that backup to prevent something like that from happening. Now to, to. Liz's unfortunate credit, she doesn't have that. So she didn't have that opportunity to have that backup. So I can't fault her for that. But I don't I don't think he would be in that situation just because he probably, if nothing else, is used to having that backup there. Now you ready for my no. point? Yep, I'm ready. <laughs> okay, so here it is. Now, we know she can handle herself in, ex- in extreme situations when it involves four guys, a medium size, or one a guy who's twice her size or three times her size, whatever you saw. And mm-hmm. she can clean. We know she can clean. Elizabeth Keene is two-thirds of being the perfect blacklister because Raymond Reddington needed Dembe and Mr. Kaplan and then after Mr. Kaplan, Prescott. He, he can't do it all. Liz is two-thirds, and she just needs to learn it. Who's she going to learn it from? Hey, I'm with you. I know. I think that's where, I think that's the direction we're going, you know, and that's okay. I like that, man. I, Cause you know, I'm a Raymond Reddington fan. Let's add to the family. Let's really bring her into the business and let's do this. In fact, let's just shut the FBI out of the show and let's take over the world and have one heck of a criminal enterprise. That's what I'm saying. Now, it's something that really shocked me in this episode and I haven't, uh, Truth be told, I just finished this episode uh, 15 minutes ago, 15 minutes ago. <laughs> I had a busy day. I couldn't get to it. I was rushing. I knew how to do this podcast, and I'm like, I got to watch it. Oh, I'm out of time. So I haven't totally gotten to wrap my head around everything, but Harold Cooper, kind of having an inkling what went on with Wrestler, kind of knew in all those files there would be something about wrestler and went looking for it is keeping that resignation in his pocket and really ultimately pretending like nothing ever happened now for me harold cooper has always been a strong leader i feel like he will kind of bend the rules when it's necessary for the greater good but I've never really seen him as the guy to turn the other cheek. And I think we saw this here with wrestler trying to turn in his resignation. Were you surprised? Um, I wasn't surprised that wrestler tried to hand in his resignation or confession or whatever it is. And I wasn't surprised that Harold Cooper turned his you know shoulder and said, no, because what I saw today from learning and watching TV for all these years is that I had thought at the end of this, at the end of the show, when it all was said and done, mm-hmm. this little group was all going to get arrested and have a bad ending. What I saw okay. with all these confessions and pending doom that these people are walking around with, they're going to get away free. They're not going to get investigated. They're just going to move on to new jobs and just split up as not the task force no more. Right. No one's going right. to jail. 
Okay. Now, is this whole Prescott's gone? Is this gonna is this gonna come back to bite wrestler at some point? You would think that somebody like Prescott, who you know has forty eight hundred different people in his pocket, probably all over the country, if not all over the world. He's got to have some fail safe somewhere, right? I mean, shouldn't we expect something to pop up somewhere down the line? And maybe Harold Cooper's going to have to suppress that too. Uh, don't you think something's going to, I mean, it's bound to happen, right? I hope for the sake of the show being more interesting that it doesn't. But if it okay. does, you got to think that somebody would do something. It would just be one of those like, during the mid-episode where some, oh my God, they're going to catch him. And then somebody just does red or Koopa or Aram with the computer. <laughs> somebody does something to free him. He ain't going to jail for this. This is done. This story's done, I feel. Right. Okay. Well, that's fine. All right. Well, then I won't harp on him too much except just one more quick thing because I'd like to do that. Uh, Prescott, again, talking about him. He's um, not really been like a badass, kick-ass kind of character, but he's been very sly, very slick, very controlled, very calm. And then we find out he's just a dweeby attorney guy that plays football in the neighborhood. Uh, I was a little shocked by his dorkiness. Is that just me? I We saw the tale of two Prescotts. Like you said, one was the sly guy, the other one's the dork. At the end of the day, it just was a good cover, you know, good camouflage for what he was really doing where no one had a clue. All right. All right. Hey, you know, what can I say? <laughs> All right. So there wasn't a whole lot of, um, I don't, I, what's the best way to put it? I guess there wasn't a whole lot of future substance for this episode. This episode really was kind of contained in itself. Um, beyond the fact that uh, Elizabeth Keene inadvertently killed Navarro, there's not much, I think, that we take away into the next episode or next two episodes. Um, so was there anything else that stuck at, stuck out at you that you're like, oh, we definitely got to talk about before we move on to the next thing? Referring to which part? The Any episode? of it. Anything? Yeah, anything that I missed that we should bring up before we get into, you know, top moments and that kind of stuff? Um, I thought that there was an interesting um, scenario of how she – remember the cop the cop that came in and said, you haven't returned my call, here's the card, and she showed him. Yes. And he gave him more info, and it was kind yes. of like undermining because she was kind of tricking him the whole time. Um, right. I, I, I don't think in real life – in our in our real life, I don't think she would even come that close to getting away with all this. I think in the TV show, it's, oh, yeah. it's gonna lead to it's gonna lead to something. But right. I I don't know. I felt like there was a lot of things that went on in this episode where it was like I was wondering like, wouldn't the cops respond instantly? Like when Red was sitting over the over the um over Prescott, they know that there <laughs> at was the a, end. Yeah, the yeah. yeah, FBI guy is, cha- is chasing Prescott. No, no, not at the end. During the episode, oh, oh, when oh, the rest of the oh, right, to right, arrest right, him. Right. Yeah, when yeah. he's running there, I'm sitting there thinking, like, wouldn't somebody have called the cops and been like, there's an FBI guy chasing somebody down the street? And wouldn't the cops have been there instantly? To, and, like, isn't Red a known, like, criminal? Doesn't, don't people want to arrest Red except for this little task force? How is he walking <laughs> right. around so freely with all the cameras? Yeah. He, he does walk around really, really free. And the funny thing is, and at that scene, too, when um, 
um, he's handcuffed there on the ground, whatever, and he's telling him to shoot him. Um, and Raymond Reddington and, and Dembe are behind him just watching. Um, I had a similar thought, but not a, not totally the same. But my thought was um, that the wife and the family friends or whoever else was out there with them, they saw this mysterious guy come out of here, come out of nowhere. And you could kind of tell they really didn't like wrestler from the bat and then find out that he's an FBI agent and then find out that um, um, good old Mitch is under arrest, but is fighting it. So for me, my thought was like, where's the wife? Is she not hysterical somewhere? Maybe even calling 911 saying something's going on. This doesn't make sense. Um, Which then in turn would mean we should see police there for that reason alone. So I think you're right. It is kind of, uh, but you know, magic of TV, man, magic TV. Well, that's my point. That's why I don't think it's a big deal what Liz does either. Yeah, that's because you're a Keen fan, okay? I could bring up 48 things that Keen does wrong or silly or ridiculous, and you'll be like, yeah, but she was married to Tom Keen, so it's cool. <laughs> I know you, man. I know you. All right, let's rate the episode. As uh, listeners know, we rate rate the episode via uh, Tom Keen stab wounds. And zero being the worst episode of all, ten being the best ever. What do you think? Zero to ten. Well, you know, I like to make fun. I have some fun with this. So this is what I say. This episode, like most episodes, because it's good and bad 50-50, is going to get five Tom Keen stab wounds. However... The only episode oh. that is ever going to get 10, just so you know, it's impossible to get 10 unless oh, the boy. episode in which Tom Liz King comes back. Kills, no, Liz kills Red. Oh, okay. oh, I've given up oh. on Tom King coming back, all right? Oh, okay. okay. I'm officially yeah, putting now. my ballot in. Yeah, I'm writing my ballot in. That's it. <laughs> wow, so that's the only way to get a 10. Damn. Hey, poor John Bokenkamp. He'll never create a good enough episode to hit a 10. All right, that's fair. I actually, um, I rate this one fairly highly. I'm really, um, I enjoyed this one. Uh, Maybe just because we got to see some of the other characters that we haven't gotten to see in a little bit. And uh, there's some pretty decent action and I like the story. So I'm going to give it eight out of 10. Uh, Definitely a little bit more than you, but I'm I'm probably a nicer guy too. So what can I say? Well, yeah, eight out of 10. Eight out of 10. <laughs> so, for you, who was the biggest impact player in the episode? And again, for people listening, this isn't like the person that had the most pivotal maybe role in the episode. It's more who impacted us as viewers more. Who had that biggest impact on us? So, who's your impact player of the episode? Well,. I know everybody's going to think it's the obvious. I'm not even going to go there. I'm going to go with, you know, I like to be different and difficult. I'm going to go with Raymond Reddington and his empathy and admiration and the way he just kind of helped the wrestler out. And I, like I said, I felt it was genuine respect, you know, kind of a man crush, if you would, so to speak. Oh, Because he, he... he just not in not in a sexual way, people. No, I'm I know like, what you mean. Like, I know what you mean. Yeah, okay. His the things that he does that Red can never do. I said it earlier. I'm, it, it stuck with me, and that's why it's my most thing. impact. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I'm. I'm. You know, I'm good with that. I I'm good with that. 
Uh, you know, I um, I was torn on this choice. Again, I didn't have a ton of time to really um, consider everything. Um, so I was a little bit torn, but I give it to um, Prescott, actually, um, even though he's dead. Um, and that's not why he's getting the impact. Um, he impacted me the most because I expected more from him. I didn't expect him to go down quite so easily. I expected him to have a bigger backup plan uh, in place. And, well, everything failed him. So um, with his unfortunate demise, which I'm happy about, um, I think him and his character um, and totally ruining the image that I had of him in my head, I I give him the biggest impact um, character award. So that's that's pretty easy. Last but not least on this list, your biggest takeaway from the episode could be a scene, could be a portion, it could be info, it could be a character, it could be interaction. What's your biggest takeaway from this episode? All right. Well, first about Prescott, was he wearing a Patriot shirt? Was that what he was wearing? Oh God, man, I didn't want to bring that up, but that's gross. Brady, really? Like, come Cry on, baby, man. Little... Oh. Yeah. All right, let's move on because we might have viewers from <laughs> listeners from Boston or New England. It was just Patrick's fans. So listen. But um, right. he, this is the biggest takeaway. Um, Elizabeth Keene has a lot of work to do before she takes on this whole army by herself. That's a good takeaway. I agree. Uh, I agree. What What makes you say that though? Because I saw how she wasn't able. She She was She was stupid enough to not think that through properly, and um. She she has to find the you know we know that she can clean but we have to see you know how good she does she have a spot to clean we don't know none of this yet and we don't know if she's gonna be able to get past people because you know like I, I it's just too many people one versus the numbers it's a numbers game and a lot of times in these numbers games sure. when weapons are included you don't win. All right, that's fair. I mean, I can't really argue with that, and I think that you're right. Um, I definitely think she's got a long road to go. Uh, but for me, uh, it goes back to something I already talked to um, a, a little bit about. Um, and I'm going to go with, um, again, that scene with Wrestler and Harold Cooper, um, specifically Harold Cooper, because uh, Wrestler resigning and finally giving into the guilt and uh, – his own unfortunate circumstances. I expected that. I saw that I, eventually that was going to um, come to a head. Cooper handling it as he did. And again, just a very calm, cool, collected and almost fatherly way, not just in a, a leadership capacity, just how he decided that he was going to shelve that um, resignation and, you know, everything's going to wait. This task force comes first. We're going to do good work here. Um, I think that's a big takeaway because we've, we've seen in the past where they've covered up some stuff because they've worked with Reddington. And that's obviously an issue with the rest of the law enforcement in the world. Um, But I'm not sure that we've seen it to quite the extent that really one of their team members was really going to go to jail forever. Like big deal. And he's willing to just let it all go. Um, and I don't know, maybe if that's some of his own self-preservation. I feel like it's really more team preservation. Um, but uh, I think for me, that was the biggest 
takeaway in the whole thing. And, and I think we're going to see that kind of ripple across multiple episodes, perhaps multiple seasons for however long the blacklist goes. So that's my takeaway, right or wrong, good or bad. You know, I don't know. But um, I thought it was a good episode. I, I, uh, I was pleased with it. Um, I really, um, and we'll talk about it in our next podcast too. I really want to get back to this darn suitcase, find out what's in the suitcase. Um, and I did think that it was interesting that Navarro wouldn't discuss with Elizabeth what the whole deal was. And I wondered if that was because he doesn't really know or because he does know and it's such a big deal, like he definitely can't spill that secret. Did you get a sense of what that might have been? Oh, I did. He knew. Because if you were kidnapped and you really don't know, you know what I know since we most likely wouldn't know if we got kidnapped – we would be like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, you got the wrong, we would be panicking. <laughs> this guy was calm, he's like, I can't talk about that. Yeah, right. You know, like, okay. you, you know, you know what it is. Now, I don't know if he knows the, the, the exact part of it, but he knows some of it. He knows more than Elizabeth knows, and he would have got her to the next level if he would have talked. Well, you're probably right. I just kind of wondered. I thought it was an interesting little... Uh foray into that guy's mindset trying to figure out what maybe he knew and what he didn't know so um not a whole lot else to cover we get ready to wrap this up my question to you when do you think we'll see garvey again are we going to see him soon um see a couple episodes away what do you think i mean people probably want to see this guy show back up into the picture right you want to know the sad truth of it <laughs> I don't know, do I? He's going to show up at like the season finale Or the episode before the season finale And so is the suitcase So we can just I see know. how everything plays out until then And watch Liz grow as a main blacklister killer Or whatever she becomes <laughs> Oh, jeez Louise There's always that You gotta wait, 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 wait Well, darn it And you know what, man I meant to read something before we... um did this podcast because holy smokes you, I told you already I, I was way last minute and catching up on the correct darn episode uh, but there is an article out there um, I have to find it and send it to you and maybe we can throw it out on our Twitter or something for people to see um, but it's about the suitcase and there was interviews with the producers or producers and the creator and um, but it was more info about the suitcase and uh, why it is so important and how pivotal it is to the overall story and what will happen. So I meant to read that. I didn't get a chance to get back to it. So there is something supposedly pretty good out there. Obviously, it doesn't give anything away, um, but it does give you some insight into how it's so important. So that might be something worth checking out. All right, man. Well, you got anything else for me on this episode? Are you ready to wrap this puppy up? Um, I guess I'll just ask, who do you think, not not about this episode, but in the future going forward, sure. out of our main group, sure. if somebody is next to die, which one is it? Man, you know, I've been waiting for you to ask me that question, too. And I don't know. Uh, man, you know, hmm, got to catch me off guard like that. I have an initial reaction, but I don't want to say it because I don't want them to die. <laughs> Say it. Uh, Dembe. Dembe's next to go. You want to know mine? Yeah. 
Agent got? of Bobby. Yeah, I uh, and that wouldn't affect me. Uh, I mean, that would be sad, uh, but I wouldn't uh, wouldn't bug me. I I don't think really too much either way. Um, but I feel like, but again, we're so focused on Elizabeth and stuff. Maybe the actual amount of time we see him on the show, it doesn't matter. So I don't know. I maybe I'm early in judgment on how I feel about that, but. Think right now, if that were to happen soon, probably wouldn't be as affected by it. But I don't know if another, um, I don't know if somebody on like uh, the good side of the law goes. I really feel like uh, it's somebody like a Dembe who, you know, he doesn't get to do a whole lot anymore except drive Raymond Reddington around. Um, but I think that will hurt a major character in such a way it would make the biggest impact. But again, I, you know, I don't know. I'm just talking out of my butt. So. so, so wait a minute. So you think that Dembe could possibly die, which means that Raymond Renton needs somebody else to drive him around, which would probably be Liz who could now handle the muscle that Dembe handles. Liz, and then Liz, Liz can get close enough and then <clears throat> kill Red. It's never going to happen, brother. It's never going to happen. <laughs> it's never going to happen. I, uh, it's never going to happen. I, 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 I bet you dinner on it, dude. I'll take you wherever you want in New York City. It's not happening. Taco Bell. <laughs> as, as long as you choose the fire sauce, man. Don't get that mild stuff. Don't be weak. Don't be weak. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, another cool episode of chatting about uh, the blacklist. Always fun. Um, don't forget, everybody, check us out. Somebodyshows.com or on uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that good social media stuff. Give us a follow. Give us a like. We really appreciate it. Um, if you are listening to this podcast, hey, do us another favor, man. Can you just subscribe and maybe leave a review and say, hey, Jay is awesome. Pete, well, he's so-so, but it's still a good podcast. Uh, we'd love it if you do that. Anyway, um, for so many shows, again, so many shows.com. I am Jay. You are Pete. You yes. Question answered. Good job. So, Jay and Pete, we're out of here. Have a good night, everybody. We'll see you next week. Light up. Shout out to Tom Keen.